Everybody, we, we ready? Are we waiting on somebody? No, we're good to go. Good. All, right. All right, so we, uh, we're going to be recording. Yeah. We have a podcast called Financial Therapy. Um, so this is going to be open room. We want it to be comfortable. Can we turn the music down a little bit? So yeah, so if you have a question, we're going to ask you to repeat it loudly, and then we'll repeat it. So right here's the podcast thing, we can kind of project towards that way. But yeah, so you guys may know me, Mary Holloway. Uh, I know a lot of you guys in here. Since we have a small... Hey. <laughs> uh, my name Holloway, Stephen Newman. We do a podcast called Financial Therapy, where we sort of just talk through finance and relationships and things we're going through in life. Uh, myself, I'm born in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta natives. Nobody called you them? Yeah. All right. I'm a Falcons fan, Braves fan. Oh, bless Hawks fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I went to school at Morehouse, studied finance, uh, spent my time first in Chicago doing research in equities. I've done everything from research to trading to advising. I uh, came back here, connected with my man, Emmanuel Holloway, about four years ago? Yeah. About four years ago. And uh, we've been rocking together ever since. We share the same passion. We want to help people better themselves in their finance. Uh, my main thing is I want to connect good people to good finance. And growing up, that wasn't always the case for me, so I wanted to give that to the world. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. yeah. So the reason why <clears throat> we connected the way we did because we all we both have a good family foundation, family values. You know, our relationship with God. I know you guys. Uh, we actually want to have a conversation around that because relationship is all we have. The further I got away from Cartersville, the more I realized I need to get deeper in my roots of my family and what my beliefs are. All right, so we want to have a conversation with that because it dictates our actions, our behaviors, and how we move. And we know you can't move nothing without the money. Right. <laughs> nothing moves without the money. So, so with that said, uh, we'd like to get you guys feedback on what is the definition of money. Anybody have thoughts? It's not a test. I know you guys are in school, yeah. so <laughs> this isn't have you memorized it. Just kind of what this definition is to you. So to tool to get your needs and wants. Say it again. It's a tool to get your needs and wants. I like that. Mm-hmm. A resource? A resource? A resource? No, like that's that. absolutely sure. right. Source of income. Sure. Source of income. Adults in the back. She said, it's an eye roll. Alright, so tell me a little bit about what's your relationship with money. That's very important. Your relationship with money and understanding your relationship. Understanding the relationship in your life, period, is important. So you definitely got to understand your relationship with God, your relationship with your friends, your business partners, definitely your relationship with money. What is... Um, when we was walking in, Darnell told us that you guys are actually doing something currently right now where you're tracking where your money's going, how it's coming in, how it's going out. Yeah. Why is that important? Management. What do you mean? Like managing your 
supervisor manager. That's good though. Everybody piggyback off that. Cause you gotta have a balance. You can't be like overspending and then you need to pay a bill or something. And you'd be like, well, where'd all the money go? Spending more than you made. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. I like that. Bye. Does everybody have something to write with? I don't know. Paper. You guys, you guys investing or saving through like an app or something like that? Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, the app is going to keep track of what you did, but it's not going to keep track of what caused you to do it. Mm-hmm. So you won't have the emotion there. So the journal is just to basically write down how did you feel in that moment. So for me, from an investing standpoint, I want to know what was the emotion that drove me to make the purchase or the sale. And I want to track that. So with that being said, as you track what you guys are currently doing with your budgeting and you make purchases, go through your ledger and try to figure out why you made that particular decision. This is very important. All markets are moved by people, and people are moved by emotion. So you have to track what your emotions are so you can be confident in all your decisions. Think about a journal. Think about a journal. Think about a basketball player, they study for the game. Right? If I play in a basketball game, if I play in a basketball game, I have to do some time with the kid. After they do a move, after they do a move, I ask them, well, how did you do? They don't have confidence in themselves. 
The reason being, I asked one of them, I said, why you, do you watch yourself play? He was like, no, I, said, I watch myself all the time. And he's like, really? Like, yeah, I, I pointed at another kid. I said, you see him? He's one of the better kids. I said, you see him over there? Ask him how many times you watch yourself. He was like, he was kind of shy. I said, no, Jacob, own it, own it. How much do you watch? He said, all the time. So I told the youngster, I said, this is how you see what you're doing as good, because you see the success you have. You gotta be extremely vulnerable, because now you gotta see your weaknesses, and this is the same thing when it comes to tracking your emotions with your purchases. It might hurt that your account was in the negative at one time, or why you purchased that. But when you truly understand why, then that's how you can make a shift in your decision. So, if anybody here have a business uh, mindset or entrepreneur efforts or self-employed and want to do something? Yes. Well, I've done a couple of things. I've done like Primerica, which is like financial advising, and I've done um, Forex with I am. So, I'm double into a couple of those things. I like learning about finances and trading and stuff. Like, yeah. Anybody else? Anybody have aspirations to be an entrepreneur or Let's kind of go around the table, just kind of say your name and just sort of what you, you don't have to have the full plan, but what are some things that you see yourself achieving in the future? Uh, my name is Khalil. I would, want, I would like to start a business one day. I feel like that'd be cool. I don't, I don't know like what I want to do yet, yeah. but I want to start a business one day. I'm actually want to follow up. Why? Why do you want to start a business? So I can work for myself. I don't have to work for anybody else. And why is that important to you? <laughs> so nobody else will be able to tell me what to do. We laugh. We laugh. We laugh. It's real. It's real. That's freedom, right? That's what money gives you. Money can give you, if you save it right, freedom. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, my name is Manny. Uh, I want to be a youth minister. But, I mean, we talk about money. I mean, I do want to start my own business. You know, I can have some on the side while I teach the Word of God. So, like that. So, you know, I can put one thing out and put one thing in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, not to me. Tell me why. Uh, I just had a calling in my life for a long time, and you know, I'm just trying to walk through it and uh, spread the word of God. Love. Now, why is that important to you? Because that's the foundation of life. Mm -hmm. You know, you start off. That's how you gotta start. You gotta start with God, able God. That's what my opinion is. Mm. Mm. Oh man, I appreciate that. Like that. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Cameron. No, I, don't, I don't really know my plan. Uh, so, but I, I want to be like um, a basketball, a football coach. Ooh. Like Tell me why. Um, I've always dreamed of being a coach when I was little, um, coaching basketball or sport. Uh, I like to say I'm making a lot of money, something like that. <laughs> and why is that important to you? Um, uh, because uh, one of my uncles or my, uh, one of my cousins was a coach, and uh, I just want to, you know, be like him. And he was a great, uh, great dude, great man. 
So, so you experience it yourself and you want to pass that on? Mm-hmm. What's up? Uh, my name is Justice. Uh, what I want to do is I want to make it to the highest level um, in basketball, whether it's college, pro, whatever. But my goal is uh, I want to end up opening a 24-hour basketball gym you know, for kids who you know, doesn't have you know, the resources. Because growing up, uh, I mean, you know, all I had was like outside and stuff. But I mean, I don't complain about that, but it'd be nice, you know, to have somewhere to go where you can feel safe and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, really? That's that's my goal right there. I grew up playing outside on the crate, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why. Um, really just for, like, the kids, you know, come in uh, somewhere they can stay at if they need to. So why is that important to you? I respect that. I appreciate you sharing. Thank you. My name is Adrian, and I want to be a basketball player. All right. Hey, why is that? Um, I want to. I just like to play, and I want to make money so I can help out my um, my cousins in Egypt. I'm producing. All right. And why is that important to you? It's important to me because I, mean, I like music too, and since he passed away, then I want to help him. Everybody should have somebody they can talk to, and most children feel like they can't talk to their parents. So, like, if they had an outside source they could talk to, I could be that person. Mm. That's, That's, That's a strong community right there. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> I'm Nina, and I don't know what exactly, but I want to start my own business. Like, I don't know, maybe food, like restaurant. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, why? Why do you want to start your own business? Uh, because I just, I don't know. I'm a business person, so I'm always working. Like, just, I just work. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm not at home, I'm either working or... Working. 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 <laughs> working. And working for yourself is so important to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like working for other people because sometimes they don't have the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, no. <laughs> Take care of your life. I got you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name's Denise. Um, my goal is to own or to have my own brokerage um, property management company. I'm actually a real estate agent, so um, I've been doing it for two, going on three years now. Um, I have a company. We just opened a property management company with Steven, yeah. and we're planning on yeah. So we're planning on um, you know, just gaining wealth through real estate because there's a lot of money that goes through real estate residual, and then also um, educating our community to see how much opportunity there is out there to invest in that. So. And why do you want to do that? Um, I love helping people. You know, just you know, 
I think real estate has been the most fulfilling. It's not something, yes, you do make a lot of money, but at the end of the day, it's nice being able to know you help somebody, like, get their piece of the, well, I guess you could say the American dream, but, yeah. you know, on their piece and then continue to grow upon that. And why is that important to you? Um, gosh, that's a good question. I never really thought of that. I don't know. I guess it goes back. Helping people is important to me because if I help them, you know, it's helping myself as well. It's helping, you know, family. It's, you know, it just keeps multiplying. That's love. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm NECA, and I want to do something in healthcare. I don't know yet, but I want to do something in healthcare. All right, and why healthcare? Because I like helping people, and it's fun, and they make a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> and why is that important to you? Uh, just because I like to help people. That's pretty much it. That's great. I'm Kimberly, and I would like to be an educator. I don't know what sort, just an educator. And I don't really... I just like helping people, so that's pretty much why. Why is helping people through education important to you? Because I feel like if I, like, personally, if I would have had more help when I was, like, growing up being educated, like, in every aspect, (laughs) that would have helped out a lot. I would have been a lot, you know, doing a lot more. But I want to help, like, lower-income Hispanic community. Mm I want to make an impact with them, so... Want to be the change you see. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. Amen. Appreciate you guys sharing. Uh, I guess. Right. You guys had any questions for us? I know we just kind of went around the table. So what is your your dream? Your goal? I definitely want to be an advisor for life. Uh, Why do I want to do that? A little bit of my background. uh, I want it to be the change that I see. So for me, when I was growing up, I was raised by good people, but we didn't necessarily have good finances. Mm -hmm. So that connection to me is everything. And why is it important to me? Uh, Because I want good people to have good lives. And I know finances plays a critical role. And for my community and community at large, that's not always the conversation. So I want to be one of those starters of that conversation and continue to grow us forward. So why are you going to do that? Are <laughs> 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 you going to do it like you do that? <laughs> so it's my turn? Yeah. All right, so. What was the question? Tell me what you are, what you want to do, why you want to do it, and why it's important to you. Okay, so the reason why I'm even standing right here in front of you guys right now is because I have a passion for Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Mm. You probably would have thought I had this planet by the way I stood up here with so much (laughs) (laughs) But it really gets me energized and juiced up to talk about it because I found that scripture when I went through my turmoil, right? After Mm. I left the game of basketball. Came back, I came back to Woodland. I walked into a Woodland game and the score was like 55 to two. 
the girls were playing. And I'm like, yo, y'all getting beat. And I'm like, yo, I got a knowledge in my head right now that I can help these kids compete. I just made a rhyme. I'm about to help y'all eat. Love me too. I'm going in right now. I know, but for real, but for real, but for real. Everything I love. When I saw that, I was listening to Peter J. Daniels. If you don't know who Peter J. Daniels is, he was a... Uh, Any author of book that's mentioned. Yeah, so this is how we're gonna be up here dropping now. books before you read. Peter J. Daniels. Wait, what happened? Peter J. Peter J. Daniels. He got several books. He actually did real estate. Peter J. Peter J. Daniels. He talked about the relationship of finance through biblical context, right? Okay. He was the original cooker man. Like he was with it. All right, but he at the age of twenty-five. At the age of twenty-five, he was a deaf mute. Didn't know how to read, didn't know how to talk, couldn't do nothing. He might have been able to talk. I might be exaggerating a little bit. But anyway, he got his book. The first thing he read was the Bible. The second book he read was the dictionary. And then it impacted. And this is when I was got my second DUI. So I was like, oh my God, Luke. I was a basketball player and I was on top of the world, felt like, and my ego got really, really big, and I feel like I'm at the bottom of the earth. Right? So now I'm, I'm trying to find out what life really means to me and why they wanted me to believe in Christ in the first place. So Peter J. Daniels was telling us that that was the first thing he did. And he got a vision that his goal was to help people 300 years. So I'm a testament to that because I heard it. 300 years after him, uh, affect them financially. You want to be able to affect them financially. 300 years after him. That's a mean legacy right there. And then also, he wanted to make so much money that he could give it away. See how much money he can give away in a lifetime. And I said, those are goals that are bigger than him. And I need some goals like that for myself. So then going through that process, I was woken up with the scripture, Proverbs 13, 22. That is an inheritance for his children's children. And then that's when I started realizing I'm not grinding just so I can eat or have me a nice little something sweet beside me later on. It was more than that. And that's the mindset, because I had the mindset of a basketball player before. Um, that's all we do. We hoop, and we go to the party afterwards, and everything's everything, right? So then that's when I realized that's where I went wrong. And so how can I help and create situations for something that was similar to me so they don't have to go through those obstacles or hurdles? And so I realized that it was really, really difficult for me to be a basketball player professionally without any guidance. The Bible says it's sacred enough to the council. And I realized I need to build a pipeline from 288 all the way to Switzerland. I had a really good conversation with a friend yesterday about some opportunities. But I'm like, that's how, that's why I'm in. That's what I want to do. That's what everything's about. When I ran across Stephen and I saw the integrity that he had and he cared more about family and friendship and relationships, I said, we're going to have a conversation about money. That's the type of person I want to be, be around. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's very, very important for you to always track your mind so you can have the integrity. Because eventually, you're going to have to make a decision. And the most lessons that hurt the most are the bought ones. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm still paying for a lesson in my car right now. It reminds me that you don't need to drink and drive. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's why I'm here. Thank you, guys. Yeah. All right, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so Alright, so now with, 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 your, with, with your What we want to do And it's very, very tricky Because when it comes to planning Everything's a case-by-case -case basis So we got a lot of goals and So we're going to really give you just a template 
of what it is. And feel free as we still got. How many minutes we got? Oh, yes, we got we got an hour and fifteen more minutes. All right, so we can really take this in so many different directions because money isn't finite. So we don't need to have a scarcity mindset. All right, and portfolios are should be specific for each and every one of you, but we're going to be as general as possible. And we're going to give you that entrepreneurial portfolio as best we can for something that you can really take home and use as a tool. All right. So with that being said, to know where you're headed, you got to know where you've been. Make sure you're doing that. And we got to talk about the CFP. Yeah. So we always like to start with the goal. That's why we went around the table and asked you, what do you want to do? Why is it important to you? Because the why is going to keep you going. The goal is basically the end in mind. So the CFP, if you think about it like GPS, the only reason GPS works is because it knows where you are and it knows where you're trying to go. So what we start with is what is the goal? What are you trying to achieve? Start there. And you should write down every goal that you have and you should write it down regularly. The other thing you're gonna notice is that you evolve over time. So the goal is also gonna evolve over time. You should be able to define it. And the more you ask yourself why, the more defined the goal becomes. Say again. Uh, the more you ask yourself why, the more defined the goal becomes. So, for myself, for instance, uh, when I first graduated from college, the goal was just to make a ton of money. It was as simple as that. Um, over time, as you go through life, you learn more about yourself. So, it wasn't really what the money was, it was what the money stood for. Right. So, it was the freedom. And then it's like, okay, well, what does the freedom actually stand for? Mm -hmm. Why do I care about freedom? Why do I care about money? For me, it's a medium of exchange. And it's an exchange of value. So my relationship mm -hmm. to that definition is, how am I interacting and transacting value? What value am I bringing to reach the goal? Before, it was just, what value can someone give me to get me to this goal? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so once you know the goal and you have the end in mind, now it's time to think about the course, the road, so to speak. So for lack of a better word, I'll just put road. So the reason why the goal and the why is where you start is the road, it's tough to tell you where it's gonna take y'all. You're coming up in a different age than I did. Uh, you're gonna have different experience than me. Life is just gonna take you in different places. But as you look, about, look at the goal, the end of mind and the why, it will define your path. Uh, this is where trusting in God comes from. For me, so I'll just speak for myself here. Is the road was defined now, understanding the goal, but not understanding every step that's going to take me there. I had no idea I'd be in this room today. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I, in my eyes, I would have been, I don't know, still in Chicago, maybe, maybe in New York. But my goal, my road led me back to Atlanta because my goal was to uh, bridge good people and good finance together, but it was going to start with my family. So, I came back really to help my family. Uh, for you, it may be something different. 
Now, as you think about that, does anybody want to take a stab at thinking out loud, um, associating your goals and your role in your relationship with money and for right now and your definition of money right now? Does anybody want to take a stab at it? I'm gonna encourage you. I'm gonna do my best to encourage somebody <laughs> to take a stab at it. Right? So it's very, very important to be vulnerable. What's vulnerability? Ain't being open. Huh? Being I'll, open. I'll be vulnerable here. So, cause, cause I want you guys to share. Yeah. Whatever you have to share, it's up to you. So my family, I grew up like lower middle class, you can say. Uh, my parents bought a home around 2006, 2007. You guys will know about that time, but it was the height of the market. Mm -hmm. The very next year, it would plummet. Mm -hmm. My parents' home is just now getting back to par today. Wow. So they've had 11 years, 12 years of under the water. So you, to sell your home under the water, you got to come up with the cash. Mm -hmm. uh, so I came back wanting to help my family get out of that situation. So the very first, the very first client I had was my mom and my dad, and advising them. So back to the road. Your goal is gonna define your road. Um, now I can say they're better invested, they're better saved, they're in a better situation. So back to the, def the definition, it's an exchange of value. So they have more money because they have more value. Uh, go ahead. All right, so does anybody wanna take a shot? Does anybody wanna share anything? In that regard, any adults in the room want to share in that regard? <laughs> what, was, what was that? Um, I'm sorry. No was just about the goal. We want people to, we want someone, we actually somebody to personalize this right now. Yeah. As a case study, right now. Does anybody want to open up and try to? I'll keep going. So, like, <laughs> So my goal is to become like financially independent <clears throat> because okay. growing up, I saw my mom always work her money still to this day, two jobs and never making enough because she's a single mom of six to sustain a whole household. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. No, that's really good because you just mentioned the goal. That's mm -hmm. very defined. Financial independence. Yes. Those words mean something. Mm -hmm. Independence means self-reliant yes. as it relates to finance. Mm -hmm. Or finance as it relates. Finance is, the definition of finance is the relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Yes. So in the academic sense, finance is just the relationship between the balance sheet, the income statement, and the statement of cash flow. It's basically slow down. Oh, oh, hey, please, <laughs> please. please. Sorry, so, if you think about yourself as a corporation, right? Right. You have a balance sheet. Mm -hmm. It is your assets and it's your liabilities, mm -hmm. and listed out. You have what you have what brings you money, and you have what you owe in money. Mm -hmm. Now, the income statement is just that. It's your statement of your income. It's what's actually being produced by the assets that you own. Now for you, your asset, your number one asset is you. So your ability to earn income is the asset, yeah. but it's also the income statement. As you get older, mm -hmm. more sophisticated, you have assets outside of yourself that make money. But right now the asset is you, mm -hmm. and so is the income. So like would stocks be uh, an asset yes. and stuff? 
Okay. Stocks are ownership in a company. Uh, if it's a mutual fund, it's ownership in a basket of companies. But it's the same idea. You own some portion of the income that's made by the business. Okay. Uh, the statement of cash flows is how that cash flow is used. Okay. So it's, it tells the story of how efficient you are. So if you look at your own statements, your savings account or your bank account, you'll see your statement of cash flows. Where's the money going to? What money's coming in? What is it being done? What's being done with that money? <laughs> so I, for you personally, I would start at the statement of cash flows. Any questions with that? Any questions about that? And the reason I would start at the statement of cash flows is your, your greatest earning potential is ahead of you. So don't worry about necessarily the income statement because that's going to come. You're going to make more than you make right now. It's just a fact. What you're going to do with the money you make more than right now is going to define you. So that's why I would start with the statement of cash flows. That's basically looking at your savings account. Where is my money going? That tells a huge story about who you are. Because you are what you control. So whatever you're spending your money on, it's going to tell you who you are. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, the other thing I would say about the mind is you're so intelligent you can fool yourself. Your statement of cash flows will tell you exactly who you are. Right. So start there. And that's basically just your savings account. For a corporation, it's a statement of cash flows. Okay. Now, as you continue on that path, actually, So this is where your financial independence comes from. The plan for you to get financially independent is where you want to spend a lot of your time on, your resources. I'd be talking to any and everyone who has this, how they got there. Everyone. Literally, I've talked to everyone. Uh, personally, what I did was, uh, when I first got to Morehouse, I knew I wanted to study business. So... My first, in in have you guys seen The Pursuit of Happiness? Mm -hmm. yes. So my first internship was the guy from Pursuit of Happiness. And he owned a brokerage firm in Chicago at okay. the time. Didn't have an internship program, uh, but that didn't end up that stop me. So I went to his brokerage like, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks in a row, every single day, uh, before he sat down and had a conversation with me, grilled me for like two hours. He literally solved the Rubik's Cube while he was interviewing me. Uh, I thought I'd definitely fail, but he gave me a job after that. But I wanted to learn every single thing I could about him because I knew he was the guy I was looking for. Uh, the other thing is he helped me develop the plan. So people who are here, they may not tell you exactly how they did it, but you can watch their actions. Right. So for him, he was there at the office before me. Like, I'm in my prime. I'm 19, 20 years old. He was there before me. He outworked me, and he left after me. So that was the first idea of like, I'm not doing this right. right. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm taking the easy road. Mm -hmm. So he helped me to understand what hard work actually looked like. Uh, the other thing is, you'll also see where does he spend his time, where does he spend his money. So watch their resources and watch where they spend their time. Uh, also what they read as it relates to this. What everyone reads isn't necessarily for you because it depends on your unique path. Every book isn't intended for you. Mm -hmm. But there are some financial foundational pieces that you can read to reach that point. 
All right, so one of the words we like to use is a prudent investor. A prudent investor. We want, if anything, we would like an educated investor. What's our slogan? It's an intelligent investor. Intelligent investor. How do you spell that? So you got to be prudent. Does anybody know? How do you spell that? Prudent. Prudent. P-R-U-D-E-N-T. Okay. At first, they said, oh, pr- yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, oh, okay. oh, prudent. Yeah. Research how many times the word prudent is in the Bible. All right, so prudent. Does anybody want to? Prudent. Okay. Prudent, 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 prudent. What are your thoughts on prudent? Personally, I don't even know what that word means. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is, and you can guess. It's a virtue. <laughs> I guess my prudent investor, I kind of name it is. Or prudent. We'll break down prudent. 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 Um, prudent is a virtue. What's a virtue then? Knowledge. Yes. Prudent is a virtue. What's a virtue? They say patience is a virtue. Um, <laughs> all right. Sort of being like persistent, like. Uh, uh, no. I mean, you will be persistent, but a virtue is a godlike characteristic, mm-hmm. right? So think about patience and why what patience would be. Patience is the ability to, patience is purpose working, right? That's the ability to know you're out of actually the time continuum. God isn't present in the time continuum, if you think about it. He's the Alpha and Omega. He knows that this plan that he has, he knows it. So when he's, at the, when he's in the traffic, he doesn't need to have anxiety. Because God knows the beginning and the end. So he's going to sit and chill. So this is why it's important to have a plan. And you get that by being prudent, which is a God-like characteristic of understanding what your goal is and asking a question with the end in mind. That's prudence. Asking a question with the end in mind. If we're trying to get to Atlanta right now, and we didn't, we just met each other, what will we say? Think about it. My goal is to get to Atlanta right now. What we gonna say? How long it takes to get there? Bingo. How long? That's that's how you start. You just ask a question with the end in mind. How are we gonna get there? Okay. Who who's driving? Who's putting in on the gas? Like these are the questions that you ask. So when you're in your planning process and you're revisiting that every single day, you look at your your balance sheet and you find a problem and you look at it and you ask a question about the solution. How can we get a solution here? And when you make that adjustment, that's how you keep doing it. And that's why you track and journal your thoughts, your investments, and your money when it comes to planning, right? So how many of you guys know anything about the financial pyramid? Because this is very important. Mm. Okay. So the reason I wrote this here, uh, because you shared the financial independence, so mm-hmm. you guys can cut in at any time if you have a question or you want to add to it. But don't think I'm just you know, talking to her, I'm talking to the room. But she talked about financial independence. So there's three attributes that are going to be really critical for you. It's going to be your income, your expenses, and your savings. Think of them as, uh, uh, for the athletes, think of these are your statistics. These are your stats. Uh, the income is important because you're going to need some kind of engine of growth. You're going to need some, some way that you're earning some type of money. So typically this can be a job, allowance, scholarship, what have you. But you're going to need some type of income. So that income is going to pour in 
and it's going to be hit with the cost. For a company, it's a cost of goods sold. For an individual, it's just the cost of you being you. So you're going to have expenses. Your expenses are basically everything you spend on a monthly basis just to live your life. And this is everything. So this is even this, uh, the impromptu, uh, the money you didn't think you were going to spend, all of that is still your expenses. Uh, we typically think of it as uh, shelter, transportation, food, leisure, things like that. Once the income comes and meets the expenses, whatever is left over is your savings. Now, he and I, whenever we're having a client meeting, we always start here. We call these the Bibles. Because no matter what the dream is or the goal, at some point it's going to come back to your relationship here. So if you have money coming in and you have expenses, do you have anything left over? Hmm. We speak about it on a monthly basis because typically bills are a monthly expense. And income is typically a monthly or a bi-weekly, but it's typically thought of as, what do I get paid every month? Right. This is the first critical area I would look at. So do you have anything left over after you cover your expenses? And I may not be speaking to you at this very moment, but this is what you're going to get into, especially as you become an adult. By expenses, you mean like, your, um, could it be wants to? Like wants and needs or just the things that you need to take care of? Anything you spend is an expense. It doesn't mean it's not productive. It does, it, it's not necessarily making a qualitative sort of judgment on it. So don't think of it. Most people, when they think expense, it's kind of, it makes them right, do right. this a little bit. It's just simply what you spend. Okay. Because if, if you think about the income, sorry, go ahead. So like one thing that you really helped me with um, when it came to like saving is I always felt like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm saving all this money, but I'm not living my life, like kind of thing, you know? But you gave me a scenario, and you also advised your sister on this, um, kind of like, you know, as long as you're putting your money to your bills first, and then to your, um, you know, just whatever you want. He's like, as long as you're putting, you said, as long as you're putting money in your savings, you don't really, you know, it's not like you don't care, but you know, it's just, no, you know, a better way of managing a, it. So a strategy that she's talking about is, some people are really good at cataloging everything they do. Some people don't want to spend the time on that. Mm -hmm. So what I always tell people, if, if you try it out for a few months and it doesn't work for you, then just get really, really simple. Don't overcomplicate it. You know what you need to save based on what you're trying to do. If you know what you're trying to do well. So save what you need to save first and then let the expenses be what they'll, they'll be. Now, I don't love this long term, but this is a great place to start. Because as long as you're covering, because you have a future you, you gotta take care of. That is coming from your savings and investment. That's the whole reason you're saving and investing. The idea is whatever you have, you either can spend it now, or you forego it for spending later. But you still have a plan for that money. So if you're saving and investing, it's for a future you. What that future you would do with it, that's another conversation but you're still putting away for another day. You're foregoing instant gratification for delayed gratification. Any questions about that? So this is the first critical point. 
if you don't have anything saved at the end of the month, then we need to start there. We either have a conversation to have here, mm -hmm. or we need to have a conversation here, or both. Because mm -hmm. there's only two ways to improve your situation. You're either going to make more money, or you're going to lower your expenses. Mm -hmm. The best is a combination of both. So I will come back to expenses. Again, you guys are still young, so you don't have to deal with mortgage or rent or anything like that. But these kind of conversations you want to start to have an understanding of, because you don't want to just step into the world and not know this relationship between the three. Right. Real quick, uh, may I? Yeah, of course. If, all right, so I heard a couple people was in, uncertain about what type of business they want to have or what they want to do. Uh, just reflecting on what I said to you guys, I know you guys remember my story. Uh, one way to find a way to find a business or your purpose or your calling you can do is find a problem that is amongst you in your community. Just find a problem. And one way you can do that is you create a survey. Create a survey and give it out to as many people as you possibly can. And you try to find out what concerns that they're having in their life. This is what one thing that I, I, I would say that's different is you said that, Khalil, you said you, you don't want to work for anybody. Well, if you want to be a businessman, you're going to have to work for people. You're going to have to be a servant for everybody. That's why Jesus washed feet. Like, you're going to have to humble yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. That's crazy. It has, it has, we just, I'm sorry. We just talked about washing feet. Yes. That's you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes uh, a special woman for me washing feet. We <laughs> 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 just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Washing feet is tough. But it's tough. <laughs> but if you... <laughs> 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 All right, so... I'm, I'm saying that because as an entrepreneur, this is how you start having multiple... Finding multiple businesses you can invest in, or you could really, or you could find a problem. When you find that problem, you turn it into opportunities. So when you do that survey, and you figure out what really needs people are having in your community. That's how you bring value to your community, and you people pay for value. Amen. People pay for value, yes. and then you, all you gotta do is figure out a very smart way to produce that, a very efficient way to produce that, and you track it. And you have to get your logistics down, and now you make you some more income, and that's how you address this. And really get to this. So I just wanted to interject on that. No, you're right. As about an entrepreneur, that. You, because you think about everything you have on, your cell phone, mm -hmm. you wouldn't pay for it if it didn't bring you more value than the money you paid for. Mm -hmm. So that's a clear indication of value. Your iPhone, you have no problem paying. Well, first of all, I'm sorry. What? You guys pay bills? Yeah. Like your yeah. cell phone bill. You guys got a cell phone bill. You guys pay for a I wish I was I pay for I The clothes that you buy, the things you like to do, you're willing to spend the money because you see more value in it than the it's money gone. you're spending. Right. Or you wouldn't spend it. So there is a point where you won't pay over a certain amount, but they found a way to produce it at such a price point that you're willing to spend the money. Mm -hmm. That's why the business grows. That's how they scale it to what E is talking about that solves the income and the expense problem. The savings, the reason why I said this is the first critical point is that's the first place I would start. 
So for me personally, I had a saving problem. Huge saving problem. I wasn't having savings at the end of the month. And you guys are coming into a world where debt is so readily available, they'll readily give it to you. Mm-hmm. So you'll find yourself, you can cover your expenses sometimes with debt. And that's why you want to understand this relationship. Because back to the worst lessons of bought, that's a bought lesson with interest. That's what debt is. What's the statistic on student loans? Yeah, student loans, you guys are coming into a world where the cost of college is at its all-time high. But, you know, higher... Feel me in the back? Okay. She feels me in the back. But higher education is something that is pushed to you guys, whether you're pursuing it or not. That's your own personal journey. I'm not making that kind of call. But it's very important because the cost is so outsized of the income you'll probably earn in the first 10 years post-college. So it causes a strain. Just talk to any college graduate that's been out of school for at least five or so years. They'll let you know. Some of them have a college debt payment the size of a car loan. Mm-hmm. Some of them have it at almost close to, it's, getting, it's creeping up the mortgage prices, really. Mm-hmm. Because the average cost of tuition is just going up and up and up and up. But everybody here who wants to go to school, you know, you know, you want to still go to school. You want to have that college experience. So there's nothing wrong with that per se. But make sure that you learn these lessons while you're still in school. Because I didn't, I studied finance and I still didn't know this. So I took on more debt than I should have, and I've had to cut back on expenses to pay that off. And I've had to use more income than I would like to to pay that off. Any questions? Y'all understand that? All right, just, um, I'll just answer no, Now, understanding this for yourself is very, very important what I realize when it comes to looking at other corporations when you want to invest in them. Because you gotta, that's why your identity is more important. Your financial identity, that's why we call it financial therapy. You gotta know your makeup, your financial makeup, before you can look at another, and make an analysis on another company, how they're moving, and if they're saving their money. Because when you watch, when you read these articles, you're looking at behaviors and actions that CEOs are having with, in comparison to the market, and you're trying to base your opinions and your decisions, I mean, your decisions based on your opinions from what you have experienced. And then you have conversations with people like this and, and your friends, and you try to understand what they're feeling and what they're thinking about the situation. And then that's how you become more wiser and confident in your decisions. Now, let's say you have savings found. Mm-hmm. Now you have money at the end of the month. Now the question becomes, what do you do with it? Right. What do you do with the money? So this is where I talk about, this is what defines the path. The savings is your first, is your second asset. Your first asset is your ability to earn money. That's just you being you, however you're going to do it. Your second asset is going to be the money you're able to save after you cover the expenses you have for your life. Now, what you do with that second asset can make a world of difference. So, savings per se, and we like to think of it this way, is now we're getting into how we can plan for the future. So, this is still back to your financial independence. The independence means you're self-reliant. How are you self-reliant? It means you're, you're able to cover your expenses by your own income so you don't have to worry about having money saved. It's an engine that basically 
runs itself with maintenance. I know people say uh, passive income. I'm sure you guys have heard that mm -hmm. term before. Uh, passive in a sense, but there's always maintenance. Even with real estate, we still have to, if anything's broken, we still have to take ownership. We still gotta go out there and take photos. We still have to make our tenants happy. Like you still have all these things you're gonna have to cover. So there's still some aspect of maintenance, but it can be more passive life. It's not necessarily 40 hours a week, but there's still some time that you need to spend. Now, the, <laughs> the number one thing I always tell people to build up first when you're saving is an emergency fund. So who here has an emergency fund? Very nice, very nice. Starting one. Anybody else? I'm starting. Start one? Yeah. What is an emergency fund? Great question. So emergency fund is a fund or money that you have to the side just for emergencies. It's your mark just for emergencies, nothing else. This isn't your savings account. This isn't your investment account. It's just for what ifs. So who here has had to pay for something they didn't expect to pay for? All right, if you don't mind sharing, just share a couple of words. Off that. Say it again? No. <laughs> Not. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. We went to Miami one time. Because my dad, he made it all sound good and good until we were like, where the money at? I was like, what? Everything was mad. $230 or something like that. Okay, you was bothered. Bro, I had to. <laughs> you thought you wanted to get that. That was my first paycheck. Yeah, I still want money. You got that paycheck, but. Right. So, how did that feel when that emergency popped up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it felt. I was like, wow. It's real life for real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So, um, we, ha we own a home, and we ran into an issue. With our neighbor, um, he had a bidet, and it's like uh, I don't know if I should explain it. Ooh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know yes, what that exactly. Is. I know what that um, is. Pretty much, the water spouts up, and it yeah, oh, clean, and clean. Okay. Yeah, it cleans your butt. Yeah, it cleans your butt. So um, they had it installed, but I guess whoever installed it installed it incorrectly. So it was running overnight, and it flooded into our townhome unit. And so I was wondering why we had water coming up from the floorboards, but it was because of that. So, of course, we had to file with the insurance and everything, but out of pocket, our deductible, we had to pay 1500 And that's just out of pocket. And we didn't, you know, that's something we might not get back. Yeah. And having that emergency fund really helped because it's like, okay, we, we could afford that little, you know, that little mishap that happened. And, you know, fortunately, we saw it come back, but, you know, it's just having that in that, cushion there it, it did help it, it it didn't make things much more stressful than it it already was okay yeah it was coming through their front door yeah and they were still asleep at the time they yeah. had no idea oh, i had to wow. go them up <laughs> so then we shut it off but that's what the emergency fund is about um, now the rule of thumb is three to six months as far as emergency funds saved mm -hmm. i always tell people just start where you are have something to cover something happening to you. Uh, the average American doesn't have four or $500 saved for emergencies, so that's always a good place to start, to at least have that, because it's not about when life, it's not if life happens, it's when life happens. Mm -hmm. And you just wanna be prepared as best you can for those situations. Now, why that is critically important 
is because that foundation helps to safeguard whatever assets you're going to build up. So one of the things that can ruin companies and ruin personal balance sheets is something you didn't expect to happen to you and you weren't necessarily prepared for it. The first place you're going to go is your income or your assets because that's where you have the money stored. You're either going to sell all you own or you're going to have to spend all you make just to make that different. And that can start its own perpetual cycle. So you want to really safeguard that as best you can with the, an emergency fund. Say it again? The entrepreneur, 12 months. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we preached 12 months after the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID was tough. COVID was very tough. But if you, if you, when you guys, if and when you become an entrepreneur and you start going into sales, which this is why I wanted you guys, you know, I wanted to encourage you guys to speak up because one of the ways to wealth is being sales. Everybody's being, the game is to be sold, not told, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, hey. <laughs> no, nah, but you, you, it's by your actions or whatever. So when you become a business owner, you're going to have to speak with a level of conviction, on the fly, be very vulnerable, and let people know why you mean what you mean with your business. Like, what does that mean? Like, right? So if and when you get to that point, one of the things, one of the guys, and you guys write this name down. I don't know how to say his last name. Boosie? Boosie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. type in Boosie. Type in Boosie, <laughs> entrepreneur. And this is a guy right here that you want to follow on YouTube. And listen, one of the things he said, if you're in sales, so you can be comfortably, for you, if you're making that transition from working into an entrepreneur, and you're in sales and you want to get comfortable, that emergency fund is going to be very important. You want to get to the point where if you didn't make a single sale for a whole year, mm -hmm. your finances will be straight. You will be able to pay all your bills. If you don't do this, because there's some days, yeah, I know you can speak. Yeah. You, might, you, you, don't, you, can't get, you can't get a bucket today. You can't get a bucket for a week. You can't get a yeah. bucket for, but you want to make sure that you're able to cover your expenses. That's what I want. Cool. So, again, that's the goal. That's a working goal. So if you get there, if you don't, that's fine. The idea is that you understand the concept and you have something there. Now, when you build on top of that, this is where you get into the savings part. So who here has had something that they wanted to do, they just didn't have the money saved for? Anybody want to share just one or two things? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wanted to take a vacation <laughs> and I took it but I didn't have the money to take it so I actually ended up being in debt because I went to the vacation mm -hmm. that's really uh, yeah thank you for sharing yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. anybody else had something that they wish they saved for nobody said anything they said before car car <laughs> You um, I got the state for that insurance. You said a car? What did you say? A car. There's a quote by Peter J. Daniels. He said this. I'm big on quotes. Mm -hmm. He said this. The tree of success. No, there is no tree of success without the seed of saving. Mm. Without the seed of saving. Oh. Like we should be, we should be spitting out things that we say. Like, I know a lot of the, one of the things that break up relationships, and you know I will have been fortunately married yet, 
but that is definitely a goal. It's broke it's finances. We've seen it, right? Finance is very, 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 very um, and so for me, this is me being vulnerable, moving forward, just because of my past mistakes. I'm a 50-50 guy. Well, being produced. Well, being produced. Well, money. Okay. You want more money to fuck. Revenue, you want more money to come back to you. Okay. That's how I think about it. Right. Uh, what do you say, investment? Yeah, just what comes to mind, what do you think? What you put your money into? Like sowing a seed into something. All right, so that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of give you a little, I'm gonna ask you some questions. So, <laughs> oh. your definition is anything you, is what you put your money into. Mm-hmm. Very good. My dad said there's no commitment like a money commitment, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's if, think about what are some things that you put your money into right now mm-hmm. that, that, that speaks to your goals right mm-hmm. now? <laughs> That's real, I respect that. Like, it, takes, it takes a man to admit mm-hmm. yep. something like that. You know what I'm saying? So you are an investment. You guys are investment. You guys are, I'm an investment to you. You are an investment to me. It's, one of, it's what you put your time, effort, energy, money, your resources, your heart into, your passion into. These are the things. These are, these are investments. And I, I really think it's very important. So reading, mm-hmm. reading. Do you, do you read about what do you do for football? Football, something that you do, right? What do you do for football every day? What do you do? Uh, train, all right. Speed, agility, lift, learn the plays, read playbooks and stuff like that. What about other players? Okay, all right. So what, what about some things off the field? Like, are you eating? Oh yeah, I eat every day. Okay. Why, why, why that is important? Why are you doing important in, in, in comparison to a football player? Uh, muscle growth. Muscle growth, right? You need muscle growth for a football to be a good football player. And energy. All right, so you are investing in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're investing money in your time. You're, you're investing a lot. And that's all. That's the point, is when you start seeing that, everything you're doing is an investment. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Every decision. Every decision, everything you speak, everything we do is an investment. And when you get to tracking it enough, you start seeing that. You start seeing it, and that's how you become more efficient in your entrepreneurial efforts, or in your business efforts. You start really, really assessing what you're doing. So, uh, Justice, what, what, what's it? Yeah, you absolutely invest, man, when she you are. explained it. You are. Every train, all of the training you do, that's investing. Right. Understand the playbook so you can, not a football player, so pardon me, but like, get in the right position. Uh, being able to see plays, developing instinct, all that is investment. Mm-hmm. So that's what's up, man. Well, yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, he said what I was going to say, like, you know, like putting your money to obtain your investment or like something you want or uh, something you're trying to get to or something. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Uh, I think for me, when it comes to investments, for me it's uh, time. Uh, I invest a lot of time into, you know, basketball, working on my body, and uh, even, you know, watching film. Uh, I tell people a lot of times, like, oh, when I can't hang out with them, like, I ain't got time to waste, you know. I got things I got to do. They, they get it. They take it as a bad way. But, like, for me, I got goals, and I got things to accomplish. So 
my time is you know very limited. I like that. Uh, Warren Buffett says it all the time to uh, recent graduates: is don't think about what you earn now. Think about your time as what you earn over your lifetime. So, typically speaking, on average, you guys are at least fifty plus an hour. So you may not make that, but that's really what your baseline. That's what your time is worth. So when you're spending your time, you have to think in those terms. Is it worth that fifty dollars? Right. I did. Uh, I do want to share something, but uh, yeah, I was listening to uh, a motivational speaker, and he was saying. Uh, like some of the wealthiest people, you know, they don't even, they say sleep like eight hours a day, but a lot of the people, they don't get no sleep. Like most successful people, they don't get much sleep because they're busy working mm -hmm. and using their time wisely. They definitely yeah. use their time wisely. They do get sleep. Like I will hours. say, uh, most people I know, they invest in their sleep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they have, it's levels to sleep. I don't right, like right. like that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I just yeah. want to. Just let you know, like if you get if you're getting eight hours of sleep, perfectly fine. Right, right. Um, the type of sleep you get, like if you're eating close to bedtime, yeah. can interrupt your sleep. If there's light on in the room, can interrupt your sleep. Uh, your phone is next to you, interrupts your sleep. So there's also ways, even if you have to shorten that time, you can maximize that benefit. Uh, so definitely invest in your sleep as well. Whether you can get the eight hours, or it's gonna be four. Mm -hmm. The quality of that sleep is also very important. Now, you in your prime, right, right, you know what I mean. Roll my ankle, be back the next day. Me, I'm done for the month. <laughs> 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 I threw a frisbee yesterday and I'm hurt. <laughs> the quality of your sleep will matter to you as time goes on. So look into that as well. Uh, just different things that you can do to get a better sleep. Right. If you can't put in the hours, because I know you guys are athletes, that's just part of life. You know, so definitely look into that as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man. Well, I'm more about you. Oh, okay. Putting money into something that you need. Say it again. Putting money into something that you need. Putting money into something that you need. You have an example for us? Like a business or mm -hmm. that's good. Um I kinda falls under the time category too. Cause I think when I think of investments, my first thought is like time consuming. Like what takes up most of your time? Like since I'm gonna be a children's lawyer, I spend most of my time around kids, whether it's like because I do an internship with the primary school. So I'm around kindergarten kids all the time. And then in church, I do youth activities too. So you invest in relationships. Yeah. And into the... So mine is like um, putting money into something, like sowing a seed. Like if you plant a seed in the ground, you do what yeah, you need to do, you're going to hope that it's going to turn into what it's going to Growing too. So. Okay, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I think of the word investment, I think of generational wealth. Mm. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's a big word. Yeah, that's a big word. Boy. Um, like what they said about what you put your tongue to. That's pretty much it
so tall. It's a word. Um, <laughs> I think of multiplication. I would I would also add um partnership. That goes back to what you were talking about, the unit, the family unit. Oh, yeah. 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 Being on that. This is beautiful, guys. So, as you can see, investments mean different things to different people, but there's a lot of foundation here. It's still about giving. Mm-hmm. And it hopes to receive later. Yeah. So whether it be production, putting money into something, whether it's time, uh, something you need, internship, the youth, sowing a seed, generational wealth, multiplication, partnership. I got a question. Oh. All right. So if we're gonna give, plant that seed, how do we know if it's fertile soil? You touched you know, it, right? <laughs> 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 Let's think about it. Let's think about it. Say it again. Say it loud. You're gonna plant a seed, right? Someone on thorns. Someone on mm-hmm. the rocks, right? How do we know if it's fertile soil? I think um, Kimberly, like Kimberly just said, she said you test it. Yeah. Are you I don't think you know it's fertile. Test the pH balance and mm-hmm. making sure it's conducive to growth. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, so again, love that science. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All right, so we're testing the soul. We're testing the soul. We're testing the soul. Test, testing the pH balance. Balance. I don't. I'm not. No, nothing about pH. I'm gonna say the wrong word. I'm gonna say the wrong word. But we're testing the pH balance. Balance. Testing the pH balance. How do we do that? How do we relate that to human beings? How do we relate that to human beings? The foundation that it will set on. You gotta make sure they're doing it for the right stuff, not for the right reasons. Yeah. Your intention. Right reason. So attention. No, no, no. Attention. Motive matters. Motive matters. Bye. Motive matters. You also see uh, certain fruit that that had already been produced. Right? Because in the parable of the talent, you have those who were given certain things that did not produce. There was one that did produce, you know, what they were given. So, mm-hmm. seeing some historical yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 things. Elder Hayes. <laughs> Elder Hayes. I'll just put it down as half That's a great. That's a great so, one of the things that we like to say that we value is education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, school is being educated. School is going to educate nobody right over. Self-education will make you a fortune. That's, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm working on. I'm not, I have a, my fortune is here. It's stored in heaven. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. He brought up an interesting point about school. Yeah. Well, you, you live in 2021. Mm-hmm. So you have the internet. Yeah. Decision making is going to define everything. Because mm-hmm. you can really see anything, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. 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 Back to the prudency. Ask the right questions. 
mm-hmm. asking the right questions will lead you down the right path. Mm-hmm. But luckily, you at least have the option. Because, I mean, I'm sure they can speak on it. There was a time where all you knew is what you knew, mm-hmm. right. unless you happened to bump into somebody that had the information. Or you were somebody that went to a library and just read it like crazy, like Warren Buffett. I wanted to bring up the fertile soul because that's, that's been the biggest. You ever walked across somebody you just knew when they was genuine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just knew they was genuine. You know why? Because you was genuine. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes, again, it goes all the way back to for us to understand fertile soul, we got to be able to understand what does our financial situation look like? What does that speak to what our actions and behaviors and our emotions are doing? I want you to decide before you. Uh, any questions about anything said so far? Well, I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying about education. Uh, and Manny, I guess, kind of mentioned it. Education is meant to teach you how to think and how to learn. It's not necessarily meant to teach you the end goal. That's what the information is there for. Like you said in the internet, your purpose, your goal, that's your destination. That's what you're trying to get to. But the education piece is actually the process in which you go through to get to it. That's absolutely right. And the internet is basically going to feed back to you what you give it. So back to the giving to receive, the way YouTube's algorithms are set up, what you search is what it's going to feed you more. Yeah. So one of the beauties is, is when you start to search for things that will you know, really give you something of value, you start discovering more people. So if you put in Warren Buffett, per se, or you put in investments, you're going to be open up to a world of more people you didn't even know exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, comments, questions? What are your thoughts? What are you guys thinking? All right, any particular investments people are questions on anybody financially? Anything? Your question about financial independence, what questions do you have? What do you guys listen to? Like, on a daily, like you just put in the car and just let it uh, run? That's a good question. Like, just from investments, just investments, or just? Or all of it, because I feel like it all ties together. Yeah, I'll- I re- she'll tell you I read and listen to a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say <coughs> first, uh, intelligent investing was the first thing. No, I'll take that back. Rich Dad Poor Dad was the first oh, thing. Yeah. That's yeah. a great book. Yeah. That was the first thing I read. My dad made me read, when I was in seventh grade, made me read Rich Dad Poor Dad That's and the autobiography of my dad. Those are two little ones. I'll give you some books. We can name off a couple. Yeah. Now, go ahead, go ahead. The Richest Man in Babylon. Great one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a um, a newsletter you just subscribe to called Minority Mindset. Jasper, he has a YouTube series that's really good. Um, financial therapy is a great podcast. <laughs> financial therapy is a great podcast. Right. I would I would start with uh, now I'm gonna start with it, but it just gives things that I've read. Uh, the intelligent investor, it's a little it's a little wordy, it's kind of really thick, almost like a dictionary, but it kinda of helped set the foundation. 
Um, you can watch interviews on it if you don't necessarily want to read the books on Love About YouTube. I not only want to hear the listen to the words, but I want to hear the author speak about why right. he wrote it. Um, sacred cow. Say it again. Sacred cow. Who? The sacred cow. Oh yeah, the sacred cow. Um, what's the other guy? Oh man. Set for life. Set for life. Yeah. Is? Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I listen to a lot of comments, <laughs> but it'll be a lot of it'll be a lot of investment stuff. Um, the the Bible, I would say, the Proverbs, <laughs> Proverbs for sure. Is, I got Proverbs late, but Proverbs, man, I was like, everything I've been watching and reading is really coming from this. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I would start there. The Bible is an excellent resource. Um, there's a lot of, from a, I'm trying to think what else to share. Set for Life is good because it gave me a map of starting where you are. They have this thing called the first 25,000. He, he kind of talks, he talks you through, he lays out a plan and he goes step for step, okay. uh, which I really enjoy. Um, what else? Is the dad called Quattro? Is that a good one? Robert Kiyosaki? Oh I like Robert Kiyosaki. Once I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, he had me there. But the Rich Dad Poor Dad was the, I like books that challenge the way I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I would go for things that not only you agree with, but things you disagree with. Mm -hmm. okay. so that's a good way to build your metal. Um, from Warren Buffett, I watch all his interviews. So his, um, he does an annual shareholder meeting in Omaha every year. And he kind of talks to the investors, but they ask him really good questions. And he kind of gives life lessons to like to describe investments. I think it's a really good listen, especially from his stuff from the eighties and the nineties. What are some some financial concerns that you guys are going through right now? Mm -hmm. Great question. Yes. Yeah, Oof. Let's, let's go. Okay. College expenses. College expenses. Any other good? Any other concerns? Mm -hmm. You said gas money, mm -hmm. expenses, college. College. So what about gas money and what about college? Tell us a little bit more. Well, you know, gas prices they high now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing about being an investor. For some people, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. So you, so you don't have a problem with money. You got a problem with the price. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, definitely. I was just filling up, what was it, a dollar sixty something? Mm -hmm. Now it's three over three dollars now. So I'm with you on that. It's doubling in a very quick time, time period. Uh, summer's coming up, so it's probably going to go against the morning. Yeah, you know, like, same time around. Like, last year, it, was, it wasn't high at all. It was real cheap. I think so now, but... Has that impacted your driving? Ah, uh, no, not really. <laughs> 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 right. Right. So that's a very good extent. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have fixed costs, and you're going to have variable costs. Some of the variable costs you're not going to have any control over. You can't control gas prices, right. but you still have to live your life. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to think through all these things. That's why, even though we put plan right here, it's really just a strategy. But you're going to constantly be challenging this, and the world's constantly going to challenge it as well. So even if you think you have it figured out, it's going you're just you're just going to have to continue and to continue 
to revamp and revamp and revamp. And it's not, it's not a hard thing. It's something that once you get in the cycle of, you just continue to do it. Like I said before, when I first graduated, my goals or what I thought I wanted was completely different than what I want now. Uh, you said something about college. Tell me about college. Um, I mean, we all know college is pricey, but, but it's like, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. Like, what's the question? Just, you said, we were talking about what was the issue of concern yeah. with, with money and you said college expenses. Oh, yeah. Because, like, even furthering your education, it takes a lot of money. So it's like, you pay for one thing, but you still have, like, 12 other things in line oh, that you got to yeah. pay for. Mm-hmm. Resourceful. Yeah. When I was in college, we pieced it together. Jeez. So I, it's, I'm sorry, the only reason why I say that is you do have control of your income, but not as much as you will. Mm-hmm. But you still have full control of some of your expenses right. and the things that you do and how you do them. Uh, for me, I, I, to give you a story about college. So my freshman year, I actually lost funding my sophomore year. I, not sophomore year, my second semester freshman year. I wasn't in school. So I had to find some way to make the money or to get to find the money to get back in school by my sophomore year. So the summertime leading up to the fall, back to the same thing I did with Chris Gardner is the same thing I did with school. I went to financial aid and I just sat there every morning. And eventually, back to relationships. Relationships are everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry? Are oh, you said it? A formula for financial capital. What do you mean? Relationship capital, mental capital. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Mm. So it's relationship capital, financial no. capital. No, financial capital. All right. But as he's writing that, like, I, um, I ended up meeting a guy, uh, Dr. Stotts. He was the director of finance. Took me a whole summer just to get to him. So some people have gatekeepers, especially at school. You'll have to go through a few trial and errors to get to the person that can say yes. So one thing I learned in that situation was a lot of times when you hear a no, it can, all, it can be the person who just can't say yes. It's not necessarily they're trying to turn you down. Mm-hmm. So if you need money for school or something like that, you're just trying to find a person that can tell you yes. But you got to get through the people who have to say no. Right. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was, that was a tough one. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. That was a tough one. But eventually, what he introduced me to was a scholarship that I actually... Um, was qualified for. I was an Oprah scholar. So the Oprah scholar, Oprah paid for my school, basically, after that. Um, but it was through trial and error. I literally had to go in the office. My uh, counselor told me no a thousand times. Her boss told, her, told me no a thousand times. Her boss's boss told me no a thousand times. And finally, one day, one of the ladies that were the gatekeeper wasn't there. And I just happened to be able to have a conversation with the guy that could tell me yes. And once he told me yes, that was the only yes I ever needed. Mm. Right. Mm, and it was, it was on from there. I'm basically asking. Got to meet Oprah too, by the way. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, relationship capital plus mental capital equals financial capital. Right now, actually, I would be focused really hard on here. Because if the responses these two gentlemen gave in this room, I would be asking them everything. Literally everything. The knowledge, you just don't leave free knowledge on the table. They're willing to give their time. I'm assuming, I don't want to give up your time, but they're willing to give your time. Like, do not take that for granted. 
people who actually care about you and want to invest in you, mm. it's not something that is given. You just live in a community where you haven't experienced something different. Mm. But trust me, the world is different. <laughs> so I would be heavy into relationships. So for you, basketball, whoever that next level is, I'd be investing everything into that. How did he get there? What did he do? What obstacles did he have to jump over? What hurdles? What did he, how does he train? How did he get his body to a professional level? All of that stuff I'd be asking. The mental capital, that's your due diligence. So this is where you got to put in the work. So as somebody invests in you from a relationship standpoint, you still have a knowledge gap you got you to make up. So once he tells, like for just for instance, if he told you something to do, you still got to go do it. Mm. That's, the, that's the gap. So if I tell you, go read, go read these people, go read the books, go follow them, you still got to put in the work and actually read, actually watch the interviews, put in the time. These things together is what's going to bring you the financial capital. Also, another way to look at relationship capital is really to be resourceful, bartering. Does anybody know barter, the barter system? Barter system is when you exchange your, your gifts or services for somebody else's gifts or services mm -hmm. that you believe have equal or greater value to what your operation is. So if you're at school right now, right, you're in college right now currently, and you know you need to eat in the cafeteria, you know what I'm saying, you build a relationship with somebody who's a decision maker in the cafeteria, and figure out how you can bring value to them so they can help make more money. And now, you, without you even having to spend a dime, you've been able to eat. Mm. Sometimes it's a small smile. Yeah. Ask you. Yeah. 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 Maybe you yeah. go for, help somebody like, look, if I can bring 10 people to eat here at this with Woo, can I eat for free? You know what? They got mad at Michael Jordan because he wouldn't pay. But he would walk into a restaurant, and as soon as he walked in there, the place would be filled. Yes. Right? Yes. So Michael's like, him being a businessman, he is. He's like, look, I know I'm Michael Jordan. I'll make all this money. But if I don't come in here, y'all ain't making no money. You know what I'm saying? So you build relationships with, you increase your value, and you build relationships with people, and you do right by them. And that way, you maybe save some money because it's we're just resource. It's assets. We talked about it. You're the biggest asset at firm. You're way. You're you're worth more than a million, a hundred million dollars. If you believe it. Mm -hmm. So if I walk up into a spot. Yeah. I walk into a spot, I'm like, y'all ain't playing Cookerman yet? Mm -hmm. Y'all ain't playing Cookerman on y'all radio? Woo, woo, woo. It's crazy to sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta believe in, you gotta be that confident in yourself. Gas money. You need gas money? You, gas money going up? Find a solution. Look up, figure out a find a solution. How can I help bring them? Maybe comfortable with somebody. You know what I'm saying? We're going to the same go. Create a schedule, a routine for yourself. Like, look, I'm only gonna go to these places, woo, woo, woo. And when I go whoop de woo, then I'm gonna call whoop de woo to help me split the whoop de woo. Now I say, you know what I'm saying? Now I say, you know what I'm saying? Find a way to save, plan a way to save is what he always says. Plan a way yeah, to save. Plan a way to save. I was gonna say, um, to add on what you said, like, when I was in college, like, you know, I wasn't really expecting, you know, to spend money like that because usually the cab closed at like, you know, it's usually from like five to like, 6.30 or something, so after that, like, I'm just getting out another workout, like, maybe, like, 9, we all starving, so I'm like, look, if I take all y'all to go get some food, 
Y'all gotta buy my meal for today, tomorrow, and the day after that. Ooh, so, I, okay. so I was making some, I was saving some money like that. That's what creates everything. That's back to the definition, that's the exchange of value. His value is he has the car. Their value is if we pull our money together, we can feed him for a few days. That's a voluntary exchange. That's what capitalism is about. So it's, it's investing in relationships, whether it's the peers, whether it's somebody older than you, and it's the mental capital of, of capital doing the work, whatever that work is required from you. So if school is a heavy cost to you, I would go to anyone and everyone who's ever had that problem or has solved that problem, and I would go to anyone and everyone at the financial aid office where you, where you go to school. And make sure they know your name. That's what... My dad was just go make sure they know your name. If nothing else, make sure they know you and know the problem you have. Uh, That's true. How do you guys say a problem? A problem shared is a problem solved. Is a a good quote that I've heard from someone. So if you're having those financial issues, don't keep them inside. Share it with someone who can help you potentially find that solution. Yeah. When I was back in high school, I was supposed to go to this school called like uh, Tacoa Falls or whatever. And every day I go to my uh, financial aid counselor or whatever. And I go up to her and just ask her, like, you know, I know my GPA is not where it needs to be, but like what other things can I do, you know, you know, make some extra money. And she provided me like a whole list of scholarships. And I did all most of those scholarships, she like, you won't really have to go out of pocket. So I was going to Tacoa Falls on a full ride. I wouldn't have to pay anything, but end up getting a little car wreck or whatever and change of plans. I'm at a, a JUCO right now, and I'm actually getting money back from the school, so you can't pay. That's a blessing, for real. You can't get what it's there. Yeah, definitely, especially for college, because that hits home for me. Just stay persistent with that, um, and also keep in mind that the financial stress any of you guys are feeling is temporary. This is not a permanent condition. It is temporary. So careful with permanent decisions based on temporary feelings, but also be careful of judging yourself too harshly. It's just temporary. It's a good good questions, guys. Yeah, closed mouths don't get fed either. So you gotta speak up if you need it. Not the quote. So you be pushing me. You be telling me, bro, you better talk, bro. <laughs> like, you still talk. Yeah, I tell you, you ain't there. I don't free game. Oh, speak up for yourself. Once you get older, that doesn't come so easily. At some point, you have to pay for it. Yes. So I'm telling you, so got up. Just from the comments that I've heard in the room, I was so got up. Uh, any questions? Again, any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, opinions? What time is it? I think we kind of started with a little bit. Maybe say 2.30. One. Oh, no, no, no. We'll keep you out longer than expected. We got no more time? No, no, we got time. I'm just saying this. We got time. Just ask away, because I, I know I'm hey, doing a lot of talking, but I really just want to make sure I'm touching yeah, sure the points or the ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is a good thing, 
I guess at their age to get started into investing. Yeah, we have a good question. <laughs> All right, so this is a beautiful time to invest because you can literally start where you are. Who has cash app? We do. Through cash app. You can literally start today. And so why? Yeah. But let let's let's come on, let's break that down just a little bit more. Okay. Oh, okay. Cash out right quick. Y'all want to do it? Oh, they got it. I think my notes are working. It's good, so, first things first, I would say about investment is start where you are. Okay. Do not get ahead of your skis because basically you don't want to put money in investments that you are going to need for your everyday life. So don't try to get ahead of yourself because all you're going to do is eventually have to sell the investment to pay for the thing you need to pay for in the first place. That's why the saving, the emergency fund saving investment, that's why it's built the way that it is. Now, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily wait. You can do these things simultaneously uh, at the same time, but really start where you are. The first thing I would do, uh, there's a few things I would do. Uh, let's see. You guys, what? Late teens, early 20s? 21. 17. 17, 20. Oh. For those of you who have Cash App already, you can start literally today. And Cash App lets you buy shares for as little as a dollar. So any of the major companies that you know, you can invest in them starting now. Oh. So if you go, I have a question. Can you answer? No, I can't. Is this smart to invest so in Bitcoin? So if you pull it up, oh, it's this far right here. Yeah. Oh, we're going to actually, instead of us going to Johnny's, we're going to bring it here. That's why we're going to step out for a minute. So we're going to bring the full here. Okay. I don't even start investing in Bitcoin because I know it's gone up a lot. Uh, now, the Bitcoin, I don't, I really don't want to give you financial advice. Here's why I don't want to do that. Because I'll tell you, Bitcoin is a great buy today, and I'll change my mind by the time I get home. Oh, yeah, because so. I may read one. Me too, that's what I need to do. That's a good question. So, so she asked about investing in Bitcoin. Uh, I won't tell you what specific company you're thinking to invest in because I let the data and information decide my mind. I don't let my mind decide the data and, and information. With that, how far do you go back to look at like what you should invest in, like an hour, a day, a week, a month? Great question. Um, depends on what it is. Okay. So for Bitcoin, what I want to know is what's the longevity? How long has Bitcoin been around? Yeah. Typically... The beginning of a company's cycle is very volatile. Okay. So if you look at the history of any currency, it started off pretty volatile. Mm -hmm. Or any company, it pretty much started off volatile. They're in there what they call the growth phase. Right. They're still spending a whole lot trying to grow as fast as they can. Uh, okay. The reason I won't tell you what to invest in is because I'll get home tonight, read a Wall Street Journal article, and change my mind on the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, 
my investment philosophy doesn't change. So for me, I'm, I want to know, I want to understand the company the way I want to understand myself from a balance sheet perspective. So what is it that they do? How do they make money? What is the cost of what they do? How well are they saved? Um, and how best can I understand what they're gonna do going forward? That's just as bare bones as I can give it without giving you financial advice. Do you think about competitors, the marketplace? Yeah, the whole nine. What, who are their competitors? Um, what industry are they in? So Apple's a good, because everybody understands, pretty much everybody got an iPhone. So you understand what Apple does. Right. You may not understand it to the complexity of a financial analysts, but it's not really that much rocket science. They make iPhones that everybody wants, and they sell them at a premium, which means they make money over the cost of building said iPhone. That is called profit. That profit is key because profit is what keeps the engine going. They invest that profit into more products or services, or they improve the phone. That's why they come out with one every single year. And they continue to invest that profit abroad. So for them, they're in multiple countries. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, they have products that people want, and they do it at a cost that's beneficial to their bottom line. I like that. But I'm not telling you to buy Apple, because there's still more to that, but that's a foundation where I would start. Now, where to invest your money, as far as that question? I would start with Cash App because you can do it so low cost. Acorns is a good one. It's a good app. Acorns basically takes the change that you earn from your purchases and then invests into a phone. So it's basically like if you paid, let's say you go to Chipotle and you paid $8.30 for your burrito. It's going to round it up to nine, take that 70 cent difference and invest it automatically. Do you choose what you invest it into? You do. Oh, okay. It just doesn't so go you'll choose oh, okay. based on, Fine. like, are you aggressive, are you moderate, are you conservative, and it'll invest it for you. The reason why I would start with this is because it, it already incorporates everything you do every day. So it, it, it's not a whole lot of learning curve there. The Cash App, you already use Cash App. So it's an app you use almost daily that you can always check your investments. Uh, Acorns is another one because it's linked to your spending. The next one I would look at. Robinhood? Would you recommend that one? Uh, the next one I would look at is sort of like a vehicle more so than a. So I would look at something. So here's another thing that kind of step back so I can ram a little bit. You also have to, when you're investing, you have to think about you in the future. Mm -hmm. So I try to think about what is Steve in the future going to need for Steve today to do. So one of the things that I have is what's called a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. uh, once you start to earn income through any kind of job, you can invest in a Roth IRA. So without getting too deep, I basically have money that I get from my paycheck. I put it into an investment vehicle known as a Roth. I invest in whatever I want. And over time, when it's time for retirement, which I know it sounds like forever from now, I can reap those rewards or gains without having to pay Uncle Sam taxes. Now, taxes don't mean a whole lot to you now, but trust and believe, taxes will be important to you in the future. But you can also use the system for your benefit, so. Yes. It's, there's a way to manipulate it. <laughs> so, 
Uh, the other thing is like, uh, have y'all Robin Hood? Uh, There's stash. E Trade, uh, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. Does anybody have a brokerage account here? Anybody know what a brokerage account is? Yes. Well, no. I've seen it with a Forex and stuff. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. The rest of the room, we got one. Anybody else have a brokerage account or know what that means? Oh. All right. Oh, so, brokerage account basically is an account. Right, so instead of let's say like your bank is a savings account, a brokerage account is just an account at a brokerage firm. So a brokerage firm is in the business of investments. So think stocks, mutual funds, index funds, things of that nature. It's just an account at a brokerage. It sounds foreign, but think of think of it like a savings account. It's just not with a bank. It's with a brokerage. It's with a brokerage firm, and it's for the purpose of investing. I would start there because nowadays you can trade for zero costs and you can start, you can open an account and you don't need a minimum balance. So just look up, you can just Google online broker, uh, brokerage accounts and people already rank these things online. So I would start there because you can start with almost, you can start with as low as 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. Now the brokerage account is gonna give you more it's gonna give you more control. So you'll be able to invest in the universe of investments. You'll be invested in stocks, you can invest in bonds, you can invest in index funds, mutual funds, you can invest in anything you want. And the other thing I like about it is you're not committed to having to put in money on a regular basis. You can put in money as you see fit. That's the other thing I like. That's a good question. What, what questions on that? Thoughts, concerns. Oh, would you recommend MetaTrader 4? Say it again? MetaTrader 4. Would I recommend that's what? A, that's a little, an app that you can get brokerage deal. I don't know. I'm not familiar. Now, that I'm not okay. familiar. So you may, that's the beauty of sharing knowledge. You, you got more to share about that than I do. So okay. speak to the room. Tell us about it. Uh, well, there's <laughs> a, an app that's called MetaTrader 4 that you can get, like, you can sign up to a broker's. What's it called? Yeah, brokerage firm. Brokerage firm and start trading. Like, I would honestly, it's like for it's foreign. Exchange. Oh, this is forex trading. Yeah. Well, I guess. <laughs> I I. I'll, I'll, Donnie I'll knows more than me. Way. My boyfriend knows more than me. So. You trade currencies on this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a little more. That's a little bit more advanced. Yeah. So I wouldn't start with currency investments yeah. out the gate. <laughs> I would start with an online broker mm -hmm. dealer. So and the only reason why I would say, sorry, go ahead. No, I have a, a question. What's the difference between the Roth IRA and the traditional IRA? Great job, traditional great question. IRA. The difference is gonna be the, the way Uncle Sam treats you. So okay. it's gonna be the tax implication. Okay. So a traditional IRA, mm -hmm. you're allowed to invest pre-tax. So if anybody here has had a paycheck, you know there's the gross pay you make, and then all those deductions. Bro, what? Oh my goodness. Man, it's tough. It's tough out here. You tell me y'all taxes going up. Yeah. Tax returns. Is it? Traditional IRA just means... Are you talking about work? But a traditional IRA just means... Football. Basketball. 
But a traditional IRA just means that on your paycheck, that gross amount, you'll be able to invest part of that before you get taxes deducted. So if you think about it, taxes are a percentage of your gross pay. The traditional IRA investment takes down the gross pay that you're going to get taxed on. So you get to invest first. The deal, though, back to the seed versus the harvest, mm -hmm. you get tax-free investment, the seed, but Uncle Sam is coming for the harvest. So he's going to tax you when it's time for retirement. Okay. And each time you take a distribution to live your life, he wants his money. The Roth IRA is So the Roth IRA is... You use after-tax dollars. So basically, after you get paid, after all those deductions and taxes, that money you get paid in your paycheck that hits your account, that's the money you invest in a Roth. Okay. But the idea is, when it comes time for harvest, Uncle Sam doesn't get to tax you because he's already technically taxed you on the seat. Okay. That's a great question. Any questions about that? What do you think about... Uh, It's called a. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's like uh, I forgot what the bank's called, but I think most banks do it. But they take a, uh, you get like interest off of savings and stuff. Like a certificate of deposit. Yeah, like what do you think about that type of thing? Like CDs. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the interest rate. Okay. So this is where I would, I would just Google search like. CDs, because this is how I learn. I start with the Google search. I want to see, use technology, because the thing about Google, Google is really just our own collective ideas, opinions, and facts. So I'll Google search just to get the universe. Like, how, who, how are people thinking about this? I don't want really to make my mind up, but I do want to see what the world is talking about. And it's also a good way to compare rates. So the CDs at your bank may be great, but the beauty of like where y'all are now, Y'all could invest in CDs in a bank in Omaha or in, in California, and there may be a better rate somewhere else. So you get, you get to be competitive in that way. I don't have an opinion as far as like, should you do a CD? But I would say use, the, use technology to do the research for you. And basically, it's basically, a, typically it's a year, six months to a year that you gotta stay invested. I don't love the interest rates. Where they are currently. Hey, you guys. Yo, late. <laughs> but I think you can. I'll give you one person. Today. I do think you can find something better. Just because uh, the government has brought down, the Federal Reserve has brought down interest rates so much. That, here's what, so right now, interest rates on the CD is probably like 1%. It used to be in the 80s, it used to be 12%. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not as advantageous as it used to be. It doesn't mean it's terrible for everybody. You know, I don't want to give you too much advice on that. But you can probably, because of your time frame, you're young, you can probably go searching for better interest. You can take on a little bit more risk. So, oh, sorry. What no, go ahead. With the mutual fund, is that the one where you can select like how much risk you want to take? Like if it's low risk or high risk, or is the mutual fund just high risk? Uh, I wouldn't say you can. You can in theory. I would say all investment carries some form of risk, yeah. but you can 
search by how risky they want to take. So there's mutual funds, they pretty much have themes. For some mutual funds, it may be a biotech mutual fund. That's going to be a riskier side of investment because that's just how biotech works. But there's also mutual funds that's uh, maybe just the largest 500 companies. That typically is less risky because what it takes to become the largest 500 companies. Okay. So it just depends. I wouldn't think of it just in terms of risk. I would think of it in what, it, what are you trying to invest in? Because typically a mutual fund is a basket of stocks. So what basket are you trying to invest in? I would start there first and then think about the underlying risk. Okay, because... Okay, what made you ask that question? Because I just started a mutual fund, but it's going to be for, like, my son in the future if he wants to go to college or, you know, start getting an apartment or something. And I invested in um, biotech. <laughs> so, because uh, they she showed me, like, with other places what I was going to get, how much interest... I was just not interested in a low interest. Now you said your son? Yeah, for oh. my son. Uh, and you want to say for, is this for college or just for when he gets older? When he gets older, whatever he wants to do with it. The mutual fund is in what? What do you say? What are you investing through? Uh, Where's the mutual fund held? Oh, Primerica. Primerica? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would look into, I would look into two things. I would look into college saving plans. Mm-hmm. And I would look into um, custodial accounts. Okay. What's the uh, so basically, you can invest for the sake of your child, mm-hmm. and your child takes ownership when they turn eighteen. The college saving, if you don't want to do college thing, kind of weigh that because they will turn it into a retirement account. You won't necessarily be able to use it at eighteen. Okay. But the benefit of it is you'll get tax benefit in the present as you invest. It's actually a tax deductible thing. Um, if he goes to college, he gets to use that money tax-free. Okay. Now, if he doesn't, it turns into a retirement account. He'll pay a penalty if he takes the money out. He'll kind of weigh that. Uh, and the other thing is, even if he gets money for school, they don't ding him but up to about maybe 10%. They'll take away from your financial offering based on what you have invested for him. Which is not a bad thing because if you start now, I'm assuming he's young. Yes, he's one. If he's got that that much uh, runway, mm-hmm. you can really grow the balance and okay. it not hurt you when you go see financial. Aid. Okay, what was the second one you said? Because uh, custodial account. Now, the custodial account you can get through the same brokerage. The custodial account is basically it's your son's account. You are basically the guardian. Okay. You take care of the account until he becomes of age, mm-hmm. and then he takes over the account. I wish I would have known that, because that's what I wanted to do, but she didn't really tell me that that's, that was an option. So I was like, okay, I'll just do the mutual fund. But, and you can still invest in the mutual fund in it. So okay. there's a difference between the vehicle you invest in and the investment itself. Okay. So that I'm talking about the vehicle. The investment can still be the same. It can still be that same mutual fund. But the vehicle you invest in is the relationship to Uncle Sam. That's where the tax things come into place. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. That's a good question. I'll talk to them about it. Thoughts, questions, concerns, opinions? All right. Say hello to the room. Tell us who you are. Gordon. <laughs> Gordon. Gordon. What are you? Um, I'm Zion. I live in he said Zion. All right, and tell us, tell us one thing you would like to achieve in your life. Um, 
I just want to be successful, like, really everything I do, to be honest. Right. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Basketball, music. Tell me why do you want to be successful in everything in your life. I just, just, I just want to go far. I want to provide, like, like anybody needs anything in my family, they ask me for anything. I just want to be there and be able to support them. Like, my parents have to help with something. And why is being able to provide for anyone in your life and your parents important to you? Because I just like to help people. Everybody like that. No, I like that. Everybody answer that question. So I'm about to you out. I just want to make sure we. We all have to do it. It's okay. And hello as well. Sorry, I don't need to be rude. I'm Darnell's wife. That's my mom. That's her mom. Yeah. Four people in here are her. That's what we're talking about. Thoughts, questions, anything about investments, anything we talked so far, savings. You got any other apps like that you think we should use? Say again? Do you have any other apps that you think we should use? Uh, yeah, I would I would look into the Cash App because you already have it, Acorns because it's tied to your expenses. Me too. Exactly. So what's that right there? Is that an app or is that Yeah, I have, I'll tell you about that. And it's no different than any other online broker broker firm. So essentially I can open an account less than a hundred bucks. Uh, I don't get charged for any trades and there's no expenses to keep the account going. Okay. So that's why I would say this would be next from a, just a pure investment standpoint because it's so it's low cost to entry and it's not expensive that will eat, eat up your, your return or your account. It's not like a bank account or some checking accounts where you got to pay a monthly maintenance fee. With the online brokerage firms, you typically do not have to do that. Mm-hmm. And I have a question. Does that uh, act like allow you to go negative? Or does it stop you? That's a great question. Uh, not out the gate per se. Uh, you don't. You have to apply for margin. Is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually apply for margin, and they have to approve you. I would not apply for margin on your account. Uh, it's basically, if you think about it, it's like borrowing money to invest. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens to said investment, you still owe that money. So I would not borrow to invest. I will let it come from the same. <laughs> 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 you can open multiple accounts on that. You can do multiple accounts. So I have a, a taxable account, is what they call it. Basically, it's just a brokerage account. I get taxed on my returns and interest. But I also have a Roth IRA, um, which is where I do my long term investing. Okay. And again, I, I like the idea of being able to put money in, even though it's been taxed already. But to get the return, once I retire, back to the seed versus harvest, uh, you'll get to be able, you'll take that tax free. Oh, that's perfect. You just won't be able to touch it until you're 55 and a half. At least 55 and a half. 59, really. 59 and a half. There's some rules where you can do 55. But technically, you have to be 59, 60. So again, this is retirement. This is down the road, which I understand is decades away for you guys. But... What I do want to caution you on is the average retirement balance is about $50,000 mm. for people who are retired right now. Mm. So 
If you want to know what you should start before while you're this young, mm -hmm. is some type of retirement vehicle and just put something into it. Most of you would be ahead if you only put $100 in and just let it invest and grow than the average retired person. Yeah. So I would start there. Start again, start with the end in mind. And if you asked about uh, the Bitcoin thing, I don't want to give advice there. I do have some cryptos. Um, here's what I'll tell you to look at I will look at utility. So if you're looking at crypto, research utility. Uh, you want to make, you want to understand how is it being used, why is it useful? Because right now there's a lot of hype, and the other thing to watch out for is uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, so you yeah. you jump into a lot of things just in the fear of missing out. Yep. You want to be cautious of that. Okay. You really want to be cautious of that. But if you're going to look into crypto, look at utility. You want to understand the utility mm -hmm. of what you're using. Okay. And how does it serve a purpose? You still use Apeman? Uh, I had to get rid of it for licensing reasons. Oh. Uh, once I started trading, I had to. They made me let it go. But I did have Acorns uh, all the way up until that point. Because I like the idea of everything I spend, running up and investing it was a really good concept. Oh, yeah. Whoever invested that. So those are good places to start. And again, this is money you do not need in the present. So, kind of build that muscle. Well, thoughts, concerns, ideas. You got an uh, Instagram? Or? Yeah, I do. Uh, Steve underscore new. You do like talks on that Twitter party. That go live? Uh, oh, you can follow uh, our Instagram, Eugene Myself. Now, for me, I. Uh, I always forget this. I don't help me out. G I U N E. Is it I U N E? Yeah. I I N E. It's U I N E. There it is. Right. Right. I always remember. Nothing wrong with asking for help. So at your genius self is is our Instagram page. We post a lot of our podcasts. We have therapy on there. Steve New is just my personal page, so you'll just see my personal life for the most part. But I do post things that I find interesting, so it'll be a lot of financial information as well. Okay. All right. You put Any questions? What else? Oh, yes. Um, because <laughs> is, is Bitcoin and crypto the same or is it different or how does it differ? That's a good question. So crypto would be the way to describe the currency. Bitcoin would be a specific <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah. So like fiat currency is all the money in the world. The US dollar is a particular fiat currency. Gotcha. It's like that. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. The whole thing? Thoughts, concerns, ideas. Do you guys do something specifically on investment? Just the, do you guys do a, a specific course or teaching on just investing? That's a great question. Uh, currently, we do not just specifically on investments. We, so, we really teach through financial therapy. I know it's a 
different approach. Most people, they have the kind of like a course, like a syllabus, and kind of walk through it. We sort of catalog our every, we catalog our lives. So whatever we talk about on a particular episode is what we're going through financially at that time. Uh, gotcha. mm, um, and we try great. to teach the lessons as we learn. Gotcha. It's a mentality hard. thing. So why did you say you wanted to start this again? But thank you for asking that, because that is something we're working <laughs> on. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. So what, why did you want to start this again? Say again. Your story was... Your story, and that's where I got a little bit more of an understanding of the business principles, accounting, finance, uh, going to Chicago, meeting Chris Gardner, those things. And when I graduated, that's where I worked before I came back to Atlanta. Okay. So to give you a, a roundabout answer to how we got here was uh, Ian and I started at the same uh, advisory firm, Apogee Financial Partners, and. <laughs> yeah, it was a learning curve. Let me just tell you that. So basically, when you go to work for a company, there's a job that they want you to do. So they wanted us to sell, 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 and we wanted to advise. And we really went on a journey of like, how do we, how do we help people that we know? Like, this is my reputation. You know, this is, this is me. So it's like, I'm not just going to sell somebody. I have to live with these people. Right. I mean, I got to go out with these people. I, I want to I wanna be able to stand on the things that I said. So we were in a search. This is why we came up with your genuine self. We were trying to find something genuine in finance, and we just didn't find it where we were. So we started talking to each other. We would stay up late. We would get up early, and we would just have phone conversations about finance, life, what's going on in our world. And your genuine self, which came from E, was in one of those conversations. And that's why we started Your Genuine Self. Then, fast forward probably about a year later, we decided we wanted to do a podcast. Again, through conversation. So this is why just meeting people and talking to people is so important because you don't know what you don't know. And eventually, again, E, through conversation, came up with the title of Financial uh, Therapy. You came up with the Financial Therapy. Oh, my bad. I well, remember, I remember we were sitting in the sky lounge. <clears throat> we called it the sky lounge, right? <laughs> right? So you could sit and see all the Sandy Creek. And so we just, was, we had it recording. And they couldn't see us because we wasn't recording the video yet. And I remember when you said it, and you moved the phone, and like, and we just knew it at that moment. Like, that's the title right there. And you guys ever heard, <clears throat> the two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the mist? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really think about that. That that's that's the connection you have when when both people, well, all parties understand what the goal is. When you understand what your goal is, and you guys be in tune and be locked in, you develop a chemistry, and then that's that's literally what happened when we came up with the name of your genius self um, and financial therapy. It's the same thing when you do praise and worship. You know, when everybody when everybody's locked in and, and focused on the spirit and it really focusing and it's coming from a genuine place. It's coming from a genuine place. You can feel the movement. Same thing with basketball. When you locked in and you playing a game for a, at, a, at the rawest point and your teammates are locked in, you develop a chemistry. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do and that's what you look for when, you, when you're meeting people for that further soul. Is you stay genuine so you, when you come across them, when you come across them, you can feel what that chemistry is like. And you're not tantalized by it, but you understand when it's real. Mm -hmm. And when we, what, what really helped us out was that when we was at that firm, 
they wanted us to do something that we wasn't comfortable with. Right. right? They wanted us to sell and act like we was making all this money and selling. I'm like, man, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable telling people that. We were walking to Target. Yeah, we would walk, <laughs> we would just get up and out of the meeting and we'd just go walk to Target. I'm like, yo, I, I got $7 to eat lunch today. Uh, and I, you know what I'm saying? I, how, how can I help somebody with their finances when I, I'm, my, and, and our issue wasn't with saving money, it was trying to figure out how to make it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't understand how to teach us that. But all they cared about was what their bottom line was. And so when we when we got on that path, to answer your question, why? When we got on that path, we realized we understand what our genuine self is, and we found our market. There's somebody out there who needs what we have. Mm-hmm. Instead of us trying to seek and, and try to find somebody's work making $100 million, how about we find somebody who was at where we at and we just give them some game? And they be like, yo, that's some free game. I'll pay you for it. I'm like, all right, cool, let's run it up. You know what I'm saying? So that's what the Eugene self is. So when we started doing the podcast, it really took it really took its 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 toll and its shape and its form when we started cataloging what we do. When we just try to be an example of what we hope to inspire and inspire you guys to do is do the same thing with your finances and track those things. And find value and, and, and bring and bring value to problems and turn those problems into opportunities and keep doing it over and over and over. Segway to buckets of bitch. That's getting buckets. And start where you are. So our first podcast, our first video was terrible. Horrible. Terrible. <laughs> Camera was shaking. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. He didn't say the intro right. But it was... We just knew to do it. Like we, there was a mall, uh, Perimeter Mall. So Perimeter Mall is near the office where we used to work. Mm-hmm. We went to Perimeter Mall and just started shooting. So we just started asking random people financial questions, and that's what really started your dream itself. We had no idea what we were doing. We just knew we, we just knew it was in us to do it. Oh wow! So we just got out there. Great question. Awesome. Questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas, feelings. Appreciate y'all coming out. Yeah. Appreciate y'all taking the time. Good stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Really hard. If you guys got any questions, all right, for real, reach out to us. Yeah. And, and, and write us on Instagram. You know me personally, write y'all. Reach out. Um, and we don't know all the answers. Yeah. And we will tell you. Yeah. Uh, if I don't know, I do not know. Sorry. Yeah, it takes a confident person to admit when you 